You're listening to Self Worst. This is a podcast about failure, inspiration, day jobs, bad habits, and mental health. We talk about spiritualism, we talk about art, we talk about imposter syndrome, perfectionism, mediocrity, and meritocracy. We do sometimes talk about sexual assault, suicidal ideation, trauma, and whatnot. Yeah, we go there. So, you know, be advised. Each week, artists, losers, dirtbags, musicians, degenerates, comedians, actors, fuck-ups, scholars, crazies, filmmakers, veterans, sluts, commies, weirdos, activists, addicts, teachers, fatties, queers, and all other types of beautiful people join me, Brad Pearson. Not a doctor. Not a therapist. Not an expert. In a discussion of what to do with this stupid sacred life are you blessed or are you cursed with a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst do you want to confide about the darkness inside come and talk about it on self-worst hello how you doing folks another week almost august god damn summer's going by always does you know life's crazy like that it's like so ephemeral you know time moving and shit you ever think about that it's morning i got some news uh we're moving we're gonna stay in we're still staying in red hook not to dox myself red hook's a big enough neighborhood you don't know but uh we're we're moving apartments caitlin and i we found a nice place with a backyard and laundry not trying to brag but uh, just letting you know that because, uh, I don't know, it's going on in my life. That's what's going on, and it might have a little bit of an effect on the rollout of the podcast. Might have a little bit of... Ugh, I'm getting texts. Sorry, I didn't turn my phone off. Very unprofessional. Um, you know, might have a bit of an effect on the rollout of the podcast over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully I'll be able to put it out weekly, but, you know, moving is chaos fucking sucks nervous about it honestly Caitlin and I were both very uh, stressed this week about deciding whether or not we're going to take this place uh, kind of unexpectedly emotional about leaving the place that we're in because we just we've, we've lived here for so long this is the longest I've lived anywhere in New York and it's with a partner you know and my special lady and my dog and we've grown attached to the place. It happens. It's just an it's a irrational, emotional human thing. We survived a pandemic through this thing. We're locked in here for a year. Not that the pandemic's exactly over, but you know, we're <laughs> we're acting like it is. We're like, yeah, fuck it, right? Um. So I don't know. It's gonna be. This is going to be an emotional couple of weeks. I, feel like I, I already feel it. I already feel sort of on high alert for uh, uh, my feelings coming out and being big. And I'm probably going to cry packing a box. It's probably going to happen at some point. There's probably going to be a meltdown as we're moving a sofa down the fucking steps. Ugh. At least we don't have to move anything up the stairs. That's the nice thing about moving into a first floor apartment. The move-ins, that's going to be a breeze. Just park that bad boy out front and just boom, boom, boom. Get a couple of dollies. Boom, boom, boom. Right in there. Backyard. Yo. 
I'm going to try it out. I can't guarantee anything, but we're going to try and maybe do some episodes from the backyard. How about that? An outdoor podcast. I think it'll work. I've done it something like that before. These mics are fairly directional and and you can kind of cut out background noise. That'll be cool, right? COVID safe outdoor podcasting. Be chill. Hopefully the, the breezy outdoorsiness will pick up in the mics. I don't know why, but I always like it when I when I hear I've heard a couple of episodes where like somebody recorded an episode on their roof one time or on a balcony and I had more fun listening to it. I know it's silly, but I'm like, oh, they're chilling outside. They're just like having a beer out in the backyard or whatever out on the roof. They're outside. They're not in some stuffy studio recording this. It's more organic. That's fun. I don't know. We'll see. This is all to be determined. We're stepping into an uncertain time, you know? We don't know how exactly we're going to jive with the new place. We're hoping it's going to be good. But, you know, we, we, we're we leaving the familiar. We know what we're getting here at this place. And I think that's the anxiety. We've gotten used to it. And changes are hard. It's hard. Moving's hard. I don't care. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how many times you've done it. It's it's difficult. Anyway, today on the show, we have Courtney McGinnis, a.k.a. Courtney McGinnis Salengo, depending on who you ask. Uh, she's married to uh, Casey Salengo, guest of the show, friend of the show. But that doesn't super matter. You know, I'm just only saying that because we've had him on the show before that'd be a nice companion piece but she's not just someone's wife she's a whole lady by herself she's an accomplished comedian she's doing her own thing she don't need no man she just happens to have one and we talk about a lot of stuff uh it's a fun talk i had really just met her about a week before we recorded this um you know i'd followed her work and i'd listened to her podcast so i i had a pretty good sense of who she was and you know, what to ask and what to talk about. Uh, but she didn't fucking know me. So it's really cool that we had this, uh, you know, fairly intimate conversation. We talk about some uh, pretty uh, heavy stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I issue my warning at the beginning of the show, but we, we talk about some heavy shit during this episode. Um, and it was really cool. And it was, uh, I, I'm, I'm really glad to have had her on the show. She's a very funny lady and uh, just a real sweet, open person. That's the kind of people we want on this show. Perfect guest. 10 out of 10. Would book again. So, you know, find her stuff on social media. But uh, putting all the links in the show notes. It's all there. Uh, find me, too. Uh, Radical Pearson on Twitter and Instagram. Selfworst on Instagram. Email me, selfworst at gmail, uh, rate and review on iTunes, give us a five star, you know, do whatever, write, write us, just write balls in the review. I don't care what the review is, if the star rating is what matters. I seriously, I, I actually, I'm going to check over the next couple of days and see if anybody's actually done that. Just write balls, but give it five stars. Please do make my day. Anyway, 
Uh, I think that's about all the housekeeping. Oh, patreon.com slash selfworst. Uh, I'm going to record later. I'm going to record a longer episode about my moving anxiety. If you want to hear that, that's going to be on the Patreon feed. I got some more shit to say about that. Um, I might cry. I, I feel it coming. I feel a cry coming on. I, I, I know the feeling. I don't cry much. I'm not much of a crier. But I, I can detect when it's coming. And it's coming. I know it. I'm going to get emotional. Like a little bitch. A little soft boy with feelings and shit. Gross. Be a man. Never cry. Throw an axe. Shoot a gun. Drive a truck. Eat a steak. Hurt people smaller than you. Be a man. <sighs> this went off track. Um, that's all. Let's let's just go to the interview. <laughs> Let's go to the interview with Courtney, um, and uh, I'll see you on the flip side. Loud and very uh, emotional. Right. Are you expecting? <laughs> are you expecting to get emotional during during this? I, I get emotional. No you, matter. You get emotional just in general, right? You just, just in general. That's just feelings. like a base. I have big feelings about literally anything. Like if we were talking about pop stars, like that's probably when I would get the most emotional. You do get emotional <laughs> about pop stars. What? What is the? Um, t- tell us about that. What's the? Um, uh, the thing. What's what's I, what draws you to pop stars and drag culture and 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 oh culture my god, and all of that stuff. What is it? Well, queer culture. I my grandfather is gay, so I was, and ah. he grew up in my house all the time. Like I was basically raised so you, by so him. So you know one of them. Oh, big time! Yeah. Like my whole life, and so I think I just always was like around gay people and comfortable yeah. with them. And then I, like, I think the moment I saw, hmm, I guess it, I want to say the Spice Girls, but really, truly, like. M- like Mar- Mariah and Whitney were like, I always loved them. My mom loved them. We listened to them all the time. And then the Spice Girls, I was like, oh, this is like for me. I love this. And then when Britney Spears came out with Baby One More Time, I was like, it was done. There was no going back. I was like, this is everything I've ever wanted in my life. This is who I want to be. This is what I want to do. This is like, mm. I, I credit my love of like, pop stars and all that is the reason why I still work in the fashion industry like all of it I just love it I love TRL I loved all of it just obsessed obsessed wow yeah. I don't know what it is I, I mean it's I fun don't know. I guess yeah <laughs> I just as a kind of outsider kid when I was young uh the way I the music that I connected to was you know it was uh grunge and Kurt Cobain right. stuff and you know, punk rock. And, you know, I looked at, I, I looked at a guy like Kurt Cobain and saw, you know, just like a real kind of, uh, sensitive and, and artsy sort yeah. of guy. I was more of like on kind of the artsy, sensitive, feminine end when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know. I, I guess I always felt more comfortable. I'll, I will say that when I um, started going out to bars, um, which I didn't even really drink until I was 
21, 22, but I'd go wow. for, I'd go for stuff. <laughs> I'd just go to like socialize. I'd go to see bands or whatever. I'd go to see just yeah. like, you know, to hang out with my friends, but I wouldn't drink. Um, right. but I, I realized that there were, I grew up in kind of a small, fairly conservative town, Lincoln, Nebraska. And mm-hmm. I realized that I felt much more comfortable at the one or two gay bars in town than I did at the other bars because I would I didn't feel like I was about to have to fight someone I didn't feel right. like, threatened that I didn't toxic feel like anybody. masculinity yeah it was that was it like I was free like nobody's gonna it, I, I might get called a faggot but not pejoratively here you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it's just like mm-hmm. I just felt yeah. safer and I just felt like <laughs> yeah. okay like I can sort of I like you know I I'm a I'm into girls but I also, on every other level, I relate more to all these gay dudes hanging out. Like, yeah, they're just, more, I mean, they're just nicer. What they're you nicer. what you said, what you said was true. Is like the um, it's like more accepting and more open to everything. There was no like. It, I think that a lot of, I mean, at least when we grew up, we're obviously older. Mm. I hope it's different now, but maybe not everywhere. But I think um, when you had to create your own space in order to feel safe, then everyone was welcome and every it was open and you could just be whatever weird, crazy type of person you wanted. It's like so much more freeing than any other subsect in culture i think like the, like have you seen gay twitter like <laughs> every like the weirdest things be like catch trends like everyone just uh, loves the queerness of it all does that like you know what i mean like everybody is open everybody is free in that community and it's because they're so repressed by mainstream culture mm. you know what i mean it's like more fun and and i don't think you have to be gay in order to uh enjoy gay culture you know like you feeling safe is because they created a safe space for everyone mm. even the straights even the straights <laughs> yeah i i think that's true it just Back then, I mean, uh, you know, I'm going to show my age. I'm I'll just say my age. I'm fucking 36. So I was growing up, uh, you know, sort of coming of age. I know it's gross. I'm I'm so fucking old. (laughs) I'm 33. I'm going to be 37 (laughs) in a minute here. Um, Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, Well, not (laughs) till next two months from now. But anyway, uh, the gay scene and like, you know, seeing, you know, drag performers and just and and the gay scene in general um, and being, you know, a theater kid too, you end up rubbing elbows with a lot of, uh, you know, gay folks. Um, And so it was never a thing for me. I grew up in a, you know, real hippy dippy uh, Unitarian church. I knew gay people from day one. It was never like a big deal for me. It was, um, you know, I remember having to have the conversation like with a lot of my friends, like don't, you know, like, Hey, can you stop saying faggot? Can you stop? You know, like Mm -hmm. that, that makes me feel weird, even though I'm not like, I'm not gay, but like, I know people who are, and it just makes me feel, I don't like that, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was kind of, remember how, remember how gay was like a bad, like a word for a long time. Yeah. 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 It was, it was just like a thing. And you know, a lot of my friends would say that I probably even said it for a while before I even realized mm-hmm. what it you were meant, saying, what I was saying. Yeah, sure. And sure. once I pieced it together that like, Oh, well I have gay friends and there's, you know, like my parents have gay friends in the church and like, they're fine. And like, it feels weird to do that knowing that, you know, I mean also, you know, 
like I was saying, growing up kind of on the tail end of the 90s, uh, AIDS fear, AIDS panic was still a thing, and homophobia Mm -hmm. was just a lot more just intense and mainstream and they were still it just was people real, were still I mean, killing gay people for yeah, being gay I mean, so when, in nebraska the story of uh tina brandon the boys don't cry mm-hmm. story that's yeah, nebraska yeah. that happens yeah you know not far yeah. from where i grew up so mm-hmm. it was a thing you know like and so yeah yeah, it's I, I mean, it's really crazy. I okay, so you were talking about drag race yeah. and I during the pandemic I love drag race. If anyone listening does not watch drag race, I could not recommend anything higher. Mm-hmm. I think it is the best show on television. But I rewatched from start to finish and it started shortly after I moved to New York, maybe like 2008, something like that, 2009. I can't remember, but um gay marriage wasn't legal. So watching all these early seasons where gay marriage isn't legal and now this most recent season, they have their first like trans contestant, first contestants um, uh, participating in their trans selves. Like some people have come out um, during the show, but this is like, they were, they were, they are trans and they're competing on the show. Like just this season to, to see how far it's come in such a short period of time and how it almost is like, I don't want to, it's almost like sometimes I think their issues can be dismissed or something, you know, where it's like, Oh, they, whatever we gave them rights kind of thing. You know, and there's there's still so many transphobic, there's transphobic gay people. There's transphobic, you know, there's turks. Yeah. 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 There's there's, still so, it's it's still, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's fucking, uh, there's not many of them, but there's like gay Republicans. There's, you know, like there's all kinds of like (laughs) that shit. Some of them live in Midtown. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, yeah. Um, So I don't know. It's, it's the, the, I mean, I don't want to like pat myself on the back because I had very little to do with it. But just like as a society, the progress that we've made uh, in our lifetimes just on that one issue has been pretty mm-hmm. interesting. You know, like yeah. it's like yeah. I, I've seen it. I've seen it go from a really taboo subject to now it's almost annoying. Now it's almost like <laughs> the amount, like during Pride Month, you know, just the the, the well. Cynical, now the corporations yeah, the cor- have like joined. Now it's that the disgusting. corporations got in, and like, that's the thing is like the gay marriage thing. Like I was happy when that happened because it's just like people should be able to do that. And it just duh. seems like yeah, it just seems yeah. like a, a human a, beings should have human rights. Yeah, <laughs> it's like so so insane that that was up for debate. That um, just yeah, exactly. That just seems common sense, but like. Again, by the time I was in my 20s, the types of uh, gay folks, uh, queer folks who I was hanging out with, they were more like queer liberation, like radical people. And they were like, I don't fucking care about marriage. Like we're trying to not right, get like, right. killed out here. And I don't I don't ever want to get married. Yes. Like they didn't they didn't give a shit. And they were more like they didn't want to almost like uh it was the first time that where people were talking to me about, um, I don't know, uh, what the HRC, the Human Rights mm-hmm. Council or whatever, mm-hmm. and that they're kind of mm-hmm. like not a great organization because mm-hmm. all they were really pushing for was gay marriage and they're very like exclusionary of trans people. And there's, yeah, you know, they, they just want like, they want like gay, white, rich, 
exactly. Men. <laughs> like, it was, that's it. Was it, like, right? it was, like, gay yeah. marriage just became this, like, issue of conformity, where it was mm-hmm. just, like, mm-hmm. white, upper-class, good-looking gay men people were mm-hmm. comfortable with and put them on TV and everything was fine. But mm-hmm. it's just, like, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's not that doesn't describe everybody under the queer banner. So right, that's not, right, right. you know... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's I mean, yeah. I think in the last couple of years we've kind of talked about that as a society cuz it's it's crazy how like also I saw something interesting recently that like most of the time gay black men are on television represented on television, they have a white partner. Just huh. shit like that where I'm like this is th- there there is still this like fake yeah, like all gay guys live in Chelsea and are interior decorators and like yeah. gel their hair the same way. Like I don't yeah. know this weird thing that is that is not it's queerness. Like City <laughs> Citibank and fucking like with the red yeah, exactly. flags and like Pete Buttigieg and you're like, uh, yeah, there's exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can't trust you can't trust these people. You can't trust it when there's a bunch of money and a big corporation behind it. Yeah, I, mean, um, I love how uh, us two straight white people are like. Exactly. We're gonna talk I mean, about. Like, <laughs> we're gonna talk about this queerness isn't right exactly now. Exactly, <laughs> my issue to talk about. I, I, I understand that. Um, I don't know. But I, I, I did. I mean, I went to fashion school. I grew up with the gay members of my family. So, mm-hmm. like, yes, I've been, uh, I've been loved by the gay community for a long time, and I've loved them right back. So that is is why I like, I've maybe part of the reason why I've gravitated towards like pop music and fashion and all these like stereotypical gay things or whatever. But I also just don't know what it, it, it is like, um, I love, I did, wasn't in theater, but I, I always loved acting. I did acting stuff when I was young and I think it's just that fantasy whatever that is. Like I was a weird kid when I was young, I was quiet and a, not I was shy and I think that when I seen like the Spice Girls and Britney Spears and all these like pop stars was like watching these people fully live this like huge larger than life fantasy uh I think that's what it was that I was drawn to I was like oh my god I want to live in that world whatever this music video is that's the world I want to live in you know what I mean yeah well I mean that's what attracted me to it too it's very you know flamboyant femininity whether it's drag Mm -hmm. or whether it's um whether it's uh, uh, cis women, uh, imbo- you know, like divas, people body- embodying that kind of image. Um, and so, you know, again, it's a, it's a byproduct of our kind of crappy patriarchal society that we <laughs> have to, that the like idea, label it as yeah, something. Label it as something. Well, no, the idea, yeah. like the idea of just femmes and women in general they have to really turn it all the way up and become this like iconic thing in order to gain any type of acceptance. But there is, again, in there, there's this perfectionism and there's this real, like Mm -hmm. you have to be all of these things. You have to be attractive and confident and make money and all of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. You know, like the, the the pressure on there is just insane. Yeah. Um, you and know, to be really skinny. Yeah, there's that, I mean, body stuff too. It's just crazy. Like uh, you and uh, Casey have actually talked about this. And he, he talked about this a little bit um, on the episode of this show that he was on, that uh, wrestling is sort of the, you know, the, the, the masculine inverse of mm-hmm. 
uh, yeah. of drag, that it's male drag. It's this, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's extremely, you know, just big, muscular, brolic dudes, and it's very aggressive and, you know, guitar and... It's larger yeah. than life. It's just larger than life, just just big, beefy boys, right? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Drag is that too, right? <laughs> in a very too, different but way. It's in, yeah, it's in a completely different way, and it's just, you know... Uh, uh, gender performativity gender um expression it like sort of turned all the way up mm-hmm. um was always kind of an interesting performance uh for me because i as somebody who most of the time especially when i was younger i think i've gotten i don't know i've leaned more masculine as i've gotten older but it, that's only because I've been able to, as I've gotten older, sift out the parts of masculinity that I like that aren't disgusting and violent and horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, you know, for a while, I feel like I maybe overcorrected and like went a little too far the other way and was just like, yeah. no, I'm actually not this girly. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. I will do that. Like, I'll let my like female friends like put makeup on me and pay my nails and shit when I'm in high school and like oh it's fun I'm getting attention from girls and this is the ha but then <laughs> but then I was like I'm not gonna do this myself like I don't right. actually like doing this it was just interesting yeah. you know and so yeah yeah I think um I mean I did that as as a girl I mean I'm a I was a tomboy for a long period I think I I, I have a weird uh space I fit into and I think this is weird about my uh my comedy life as well that I I like a lot of different things I love football I have loved football my entire life I subscribed to Sports Illustrated for kids and would read it while I was watching TRL like I I have gender bended I, I thought you oh, I thought you said you norms. I thought you said you currently subscribe to Oh, uh, to the kids, sports illustrated for kids. Like, Interesting, but <laughs> but you used to. Okay, I just really like those kids. No, uh, <laughs> there's, no, there's I, I used there's to. There's always like a little puzzle you can do. Like. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, I I mean, and I you know I've been attracted to every type of whatever you know, but I I think that's just all part of growing up mm. when you're not. It's those people that um su- suppress all of that is when you. Cu- have all these issues come out like all this yeah. toxic masculinity when you can't paint your nails to see what it's like to see if you like it you know um but i was gonna say something about drag oh i think drag is in this great place right now too there's been this huge renaissance of drag because of drag race and and so many more people are seeing it and trying it and so now the the gender norms of drag whereas when we were growing up it was rupaul it was like this super womanly you know figure but now it's like way more gender bending and and more interesting and a lot of drag performers will have facial hair and but yeah. like huge titties you know and and so it's in this really fun space that's like truly oh it is all i live for it's so much fun it's so much fun i cannot recommend drag race enough and and just seeing local drag shows like mm. i think so many cities have great drag scenes um go support bring a lot of ones tip those performers <laughs> um where would you say you are on the kinsey scale in terms of like attraction and 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 you know the kind of people you're into oh um uh well i've never seriously dated a girl so i always get very uncomfortable about this question because right. like i've hooked up with girls but i've never seriously been in a relationship with a woman i've right. always been in relationships with men so 
I have a hard time answering that, but well, women I, are hotter than men, so. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, that's just facts. Um, yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I think it's maybe a more complicated question than that. I mean, the Kinsey scale is one thing. Uh, it was also, like, developed in, like, what the fucking 50s or some shit, so it's maybe uh. a little outdated. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's also, there's the question of sexual attraction versus romantic attraction and compatibility and things like that too so you know mm -hmm. uh that that becomes its whole other split and can of worms yeah you know, right so yeah totally i but, mean i don't know maybe casey and i'll get a girlfriend one day i'm not sure but right now we're good just being married be to each other <laughs> um yeah i mean I, that's the thing is a lot of uh i i feel like at least half of the women i know who uh are straight or will say that they're straight or mostly date men or are married to a man. Um, they've hooked up with a, a woman in their past. Um, yeah. but that's seldom the case for straight dudes, at least. That's that talk out of toxic masculinity. Yeah, we're talking well, about here. Again, I, they gotta suck a dick to get over themselves. Honestly, <laughs> I think that that would be a good idea. Like I, I never have, but <laughs> I guess I'd be down. I don't know. Like, that's the thing yeah. is it, there's even in um, I hope this isn't TMI since we just started talking. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, places I go with uh, fantasy porn wise, like I could I could do like a, a, a an MMF, you know, like a two guys, <laughs> one girl kind of. Sure. I mean, sort of thing. Yes. Like that's to me. I'm like fantasy to me. Sure, that sounds like for me my worst nightmare. Two guys, no two, way. That's, <laughs> just, that's just too many one, that's just too much. A one, but but two girls and a guy, so down. <laughs> Great, but yeah, I mean that's like fun to think about and explore. And I don't know if it's a thing I'd actually want to like, do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, but, but if the opportunity arises, fuck I guess, it. Maybe I don't know. Um, there's, but I was gonna say there's this. Uh, there's this porn star this porn performer uh who does mostly like buy you know group stuff um and he um what's his name like jack ripper or some stupid ass name like that <laughs> uh but he's also like this real like like militaristic right-wing like conservative like hardcore in real life guy in real life yeah. Uh, like I looked up his right bio way. just to like try and find like more of his videos. I was like, oh, I kind of like what's going on here. Uh, but then there was just like all these like American flag emojis and his profile. I was like, no, no, uh oh, no, no, so no, I looked no, up no, his no, no. I looked up his uh, his Twitter, you know, because all porn stars have, you know, all social media accounts. And it's all this like you got a brand anti mask, pro America, pro Trump. No, bullshit. And I was like, come no, on, bro. And like. That's the th like how what are you supposed to do when you're just like trying to get your rocks off and you're like all of a sudden you're like fucking morality <laughs> yeah, you're like and that's the Trump guy. The yeah. you, like, well, who do you think is the do you have like a the saddest person you found out supported Trump? Because oh, I God. I found out that Brian Luttrell from the Backstreet Boys was QAnon and it really oh, it no. took me a few days to get over. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, Brian? Oh, Wow. If you told elementary school Courtney she couldn't like Brian anymore, she'd be upset. She would be upset. Um, I think I mean Kanye was kind of upsetting. That's uh, a bad one. Just because I mean I, the I would it also didn't surprise me because I felt like 
I knew that he was mentally not okay for a long time. Like I felt yep. like after his mom died, after around like oh yeah, uh, when was that? Uh, like twenty eight oh eights and heartbreaks. Yeah, around there, like he like that was a great album. The album after that was great, and then My after beautiful that, dark twisted fantasy, beautiful what album, a fucking amazing album. album. Holy but like shit. you could tell that he was coming apart during that album. Mm-hmm. Like he has mm-hmm. like a very like Brian Wilson equality where you can like hear the madness in Absolutely. like what he's doing. And um and my then, God. but then after that, like I didn't like anything after that because then he just became this whole other person who was just obsessed yeah. with materials, yeah. like materialism and and fucking yeah. just, you know, uh Kardashians and cars and clothes and like that's all it became about. Like you listen to those first albums and it's about like class struggle and it's about yeah. self doubt and it's about, you know, getting stuck and 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 following your passions and and like doing stuff for free on your free time and having a day job and mm-hmm. like shit like that that's just like great um yeah and yeah, yeah. It, it, that, that i still like game. some of his more recent stuff and i still think visually some of the shit is so cool and interesting but overall it's it's that's a tough that's tough that's tough i mean i i worshiped him i freaking worshiped him yeah uh when he first came out holy shit I mean, I think everyone our age did, right? Yeah, like, I mean, he, he was just, just he was blew sort of... everyone out of the water, and every album he released, music just sounded that way for years after. Yeah. Like, and he was on to the next thing. Yeah. So, you said something about Brian Wilson. Do you know that story, the parallel of the Brian Wilson story and of uh, Britney Spears? Do you know how like he hmm. was under conservatorship as well? He was under conservatorship. I don't know a whole lot about that story. Do you know more about it? Let's. I know a bit about it. I know a bit about it. This Tell is us just what I'll you speak know. in I'll, I'll speak in generals because um, <laughs> obviously free Britney bitch. Hello, yeah. what the fuck? Of course. This is been and a free Britney podcast. God bless. God bless. If you're talking mental health, this has got to be a free Britney yeah. podcast. But um, so basically, almost exactly the same thing happened with Brian Wilson because. You know, he obviously struggles with mental health and he was put under a conservatorship and basically was being forced medication and forced to produce these things. And once his now wife started dating him, she had I don't know if she was a practicing lawyer or she was familiar with law. Um, She came in and she saw what was happening. And because of her law background, she was able to get him out of this conservatorship and and be like, fuck everything that's happening. Right. So it's like exactly the same thing. Almost blueprint is what they did to Britney Spears like putting her on the on the hold and then doing the conservatorship and like an emergency conservatorship that ends up being permanent and telling her what doctors she has to use and what medication she has to be on and almost like honestly sedating her you can see in some of her Instagram videos maybe she's not 100% with like present in the moment and uh and yeah so but there has hasn't been anyone to come in and legally speaking help work this out right and um just uh last week she was able to hire her own attorney because the conservatorship was appointing her attorney which is why everyone thinks that this hasn't been going anywhere because there has been no outside help it's all been within her dad and her family's control it's evil and i can't take it and we need a free Britney. I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago um, with uh, with with Jake Flores. He was on the show, and and what I've heard him say, I think, is interesting about uh, 
being open about your mental health, I think, is good, but he is almost hesitant to talk about it sometimes or in certain venues because he he sees that it can be sort of used against you. Um, and that's a thing that I've been thinking about a lot in terms of, you know, like uh, now I have 90 something episodes of this podcast that are about how like I'm a fucking crazy person. And so <laughs> like now going forward, I've put that on the record and uh, I don't know what ways it could be used against me, you know, like totally. legally or whatever. If, you know, some like crazy conservative For a job gets opportunity in, yeah, job opportunities, if, if, yeah. if like some mm -hmm. like, you know, super hyper conservative gets in power and, you know, starts labeling degenerates and like people like that, like I'll, you know, like I'll be one of the first people putting a thing like, you know, so yeah. it's not. You're definitely like, on a list. I'm on, right? oh, I'm like... on a list for sure. <laughs> so, you know, like it's, it's a thing where. I even have had to, I don't know, I've, I've talked to a lot of, I've pitched this show to a lot of people, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to, to bring them on. And a lot of times, you know, the only outright no I get is from people who are concerned about their career and are concerned about, <laughs> like, I can't, like, I, I'm down to talk about that stuff in private, but I can't go on the record about it with you yeah, and you know like yeah. a lot of a lot of people in show business a lot of comedians and artists and people like that who like you know like yeah they're they're super cool people and they're down to talk about it but they they don't want to go on the record about it because it makes them vulnerable it's crazy interesting yeah um i don't give a shit about my career and i'm just <laughs> kidding <laughs> i mean yeah i've talked about it a lot on my podcast i've been been done ahead on the record you know but um but yeah i, I do think it's like a a good balance because sometimes it opens up a, a door for who you're supposed to be reaching you know your fans or whatever whoever it is that you're going to connect with most so it is nice to be vulnerable and open about this stuff mm. but yeah it is it is um, a weird balance of like how some of this shit could be used against you. I mean, I'm not speaking to like cancel culture, or any shit like that. Yeah. I'm talking about like, like truly like, oh, you could be perceived as like unstable or whatever. I mean, right. it literally happened to the most powerful pop star, arguably the most powerful pop star at the time. You know, I mean, yeah. Beyonce is that now, but like she's in control of her own finances and everything because she didn't have the the I'm a, I don't want to I want to choose my words carefully but she had the support system that if she needed a break or time off or whatever to preserve her mental health she yeah. had that and Mariah Carey did not uh Britney Spears did not and then we watched what happened to them and then we like ogle at them like oh look at the pop star having a mental breakdown and yeah. and and that was used against both of them in different ways I mean, that's another thing, just like uh, homophobia and transphobia, it, it, there were easy targets, again, in the late 90s, the, the vitriol against uh, a woman like Britney Spears or, you know, even uh, Monica Lewinsky. Just think of all the, mm -hmm. like, the, the cruel jokes, the ire directed towards them. Oh, and like, you know, whatever, make your fucking jokes or, or whatever if you're, you know, some late night writer. I don't, I don't really care, but yeah. it's also it's indicative of what our general overall society thinks of people and wants to treat people like, and uh, you know, who we're targeting and who we're making vulnerable. So it does matter 
on some level. Yeah, I think it goes back to the beginning what you were talking about, about like um, saying gay as a insult and, and shit like that. Yeah. Like that on the surface seems like whatever. It's not that big a deal. There was a long time where tranny was like a catchphrase. You oh, know? I've, and I've like, said it. That, yeah. Like yeah, I, I said yeah. it in my past. I, I just of didn't course, know. Of course. Of course. And uh, I mean, every it was like part of our fucked up culture at the time but when that seems like oh what's the big deal but the underneath of it all is like oh it's a very big deal because way worse things are happening that we are not addressing we are not working on we are not fixing we are not holding people accountable for like that so that like surface level stuff seems like oh you know i don't mean it like that it's like no but the it's 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 one of the small things that's um, not being addressed because of the huge, massive, bigger problem of homophobia and transphobia underneath mm. it. You know, yeah, as, as we're a, all guilty of yeah, a lot of I that mean, shit. As a comedian, I mean, that's a, that's where a lot of that stuff um, subsides, and where a lot of the um, I don't know conversations around uh, what's okay to joke about can you say anything you want are there consequences for it like like that's where a lot of those conversations start so i mean yeah yeah um, yeah i mean i i get really annoyed about a lot of that stuff i i don't know how you feel but i I just like if you said something horrible you have to own up to it if you did something horrible you have to fucking suffer the consequences for it like i i i think even um I mean, when I started early on, I said some dumb shit. And if it ever came back, I would have to stand in it and be like, yeah, I said some dumb shit that could have hurt people. Like, you have to stand in it. You have to be like, I fucking said that and own up to it. Especially if you're in the straight white community, like you've had every opportunity and privilege. You need to recognize that. And that, that I feel like that is all that anyone is is saying and then everyone takes it like you can't say anything anymore and it's like well yes you can say anything you right. want on any platform you can fucking say anything anywhere at any time of day you just have to own up to it and you yeah. have to deal with the repercussions of it i mean stopping, I, stopping short of uh instigating an insurrection at the Capitol, you can oh say Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I <laughs> really, it had to come down to that. But, I yeah, I agree. Like, there are consequences for shit you say, and that's really all it is. That's you all know? it is. And that's if, literally if all it is. If you lose out on, like, I'm sorry. If you get dragged on Twitter for a few days because of it, if you lose deal some with fans it. because of Put it. Put your big boy you fucking, pants on and deal yeah, with if it. If you lose a like, job I, because I, of it. If you lose a, like... Sorry, like, and, and then I don't it know. just gets mull. It just gets uh, swept into this whole group of people who are literal pedophiles and sexual harassers, and, and like, oh, like they're part of this cancel culture type thing. Like they get put in this bucket, and it's like, no, <laughs> they those people should be in jail. And then the people who said tweeted some fucked up shit, you got to deal with it. You got to get dragged on Twitter. Why, you got to apologize. Yeah. You got to like deal with your shit. All right. And then if you did a crime, then go to jail. Well, that's the thing is, I I think it's why people maybe get confused or fearful or defensive around the, the, I'm so tired of cancel culture. I I hate it. I hate Um, it. It makes me so mad. Those words just like taste like shit coming out of my mouth. (laughs) They do. um, The thing is that I think people see that it's the same 
people on the internet. It's the same groups of people on the internet who will um, attack somebody like Bill Cosby. Will also attack somebody like um, I don't know Kevin Hart or Shane Gillis, who like had right, like, some right, problematic right. shit, but they're not bad people. They're they not. Just, they're they not some, drugging and raping yeah, women. They just said some shit. <laughs> so, that like they should answer for. Yeah, but, and they should answer for it. They should deal with their homophobia. Kevin Hart should deal with his. Toxic masculinity and his homophobia, sure. period. He should deal with it. Done. But, I mean, Great. Let's move on. I feel like <laughs> you know, the thing yeah. that people maybe see, and I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here, is mm-hmm. that they're worried that they're getting lumped into the same category, which isn't yeah. true, but it it's is not true. like it's an anxiety, I guess, when you see yeah. somebody who's like truly villainous like Cosby, mm-hmm. um, you know, and... Yeah. and, and Twitter will have the same sort of uh, shit to say about him as they do somebody who's just like yeah. said, some, said some dumb shit on oh, come town or whatever. Right. And, you know? and that's, yeah, exactly. And that is like, I think what is so frustrating is that is true, that they, they have the same repercussions as someone who tweeted some dumb shit in 2008. Like that, the fact that this man drugged and raped many, many women and yeah. he's he's still rich and walking around and doing whatever he wants just like someone who tweeted so i think we're both saying the same thing in different ways it's like that's oh that's why this whole thing keeps going how in long a circle. do you think until like cosby's uh performing again he's on I don't know, oh i i'm sure it, i would i wouldn't be surprised if he's already fucking has tour dates he's i'm so booked. disgusted yeah, i'm insane. i like it is the most disgusting I, I don't know how anybody involved in that case can wake up and continue working for this justice system. Like how and those women that have to watch all of this and then watch everyone's fucking memes about it. And everyone forgets about the fact that how many women, how many women are sitting there and have the same Twitter feed plus, as all of yeah. it's like women. Uh, think well, about them. Yeah. Think about the life that they've had to lead after that happened. And we never talk about them or care about them. It's all like, oh, Bill Cosby's canceled. Like, that's the whole fucking shit of it. It's so fucked up. Everyone's horrible. I can't take it. This this is what makes my mental health spiral and go crazy is the these huge problems that I feel so strongly about that I just feel helpless towards. Like, yeah. It feels like you can't do anything. You can't fix anything. You know, don't you get that? Those like, how do I solve climate change and also get Bill Cosby in jail? Like, that's the thing that makes me just completely shut down and collapse. It's hard, especially. I mean, you're you're trying to do your own shit too for your own life. You're trying to fucking like try not to hate my own personal life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Try not to be miserable every day just from the day to day. But you know, I, I think it. All it really can come down to is just how you treat other people and conduct yourself uh, yeah. in, in yeah. your daily life. I, That's it. I try not to tweet about anything. I don't really tweet, period. And I just don't. I've made a, a pers- like a thing. Like, I will tweet, I retweet uh, smart things about climate change. I will mm. retweet about, like, freeing Britney. I will, but I just try not to tweet, add any fuel into this, like, 
can't I'm not gonna subtweet a comic ever in my life like I can't emotionally handle that I don't want to deal with that I can't get dragged right. into that I, I, I work nine to five I, I try my best to do comedy and book good shows and if I find out someone was a piece of shit then I just don't book them and I move on with my life because right. I can't take it it's every day there's someone someone new you know yeah, yeah. The, I mean the, the the drama wheel is just uh yeah and some people like, live for it but i don't I, yeah I, some know. people love it and god bless but i can't handle that i emotionally cannot handle any of it oh my god i'd rather just watch spend my hour watching drag race that's it can you um talk a little bit about uh your you know your history and your experiences with uh mental health and and what where you're oh, at yeah. now versus where you know yeah. you started yeah, yeah, I I am um I'm from Virginia, I'm from the south and I'm also uh-huh. so half my family's southern and then half my family's Irish Catholic. So I literally grew up never talking about a feeling ever in my entire life. We are not we're always fine and uh you know, everything's fine. I like very bless your heart southern mm-hmm. and like uh very deep Irish Catholic. So I never really learn to process things. And then once I started doing comedy, um, maybe like 10 years ago, I was around all these comics who would talk about mental health at open mics and just personally. And and a lot of them went to therapy. And so I finally was opened up to this world where it was like, okay. Because I, I work in fashion. Like I went to college and fa- at art school. Like no one was really talking about therapy and you know it was also the early 2000s you know it wasn't like a real hot topic of conversation or something you brought up uh, at a party you know at like a bushwick warehouse party um but so so once i was doing comedy i um i started going to therapy and that just kind of like broke me open and i think it uh took a couple years but now i'm able to uh, you know i I think it took like uh, maybe a year or two of doing therapy before I actually uh, brought up like huge traumatic things that happened to me at a young age. And and so once I like worked through that, then it was just like a flood of of everything else. And now I, I feel, I mean, I still every single day is a struggle to not be depressed. I am very depressed and anxious and just the classics you know Mm -hmm. and uh so it just is an everyday struggle i try i'm I'm doing my best to like drink less because i know that makes me more anxious and more depressed and and i stopped doing uh, the the hardcore drugs i just do the chill drugs now because i know that makes me more depressed and anxious so it's just been like a slow and steady uh uh, every single day, I, I try to make it a little better. I know I need to meditate and exercise all the time, and I go through periods where I do, and then I just stop doing it for like three months. So I, that I struggle with a lot. So it's not like I'm on this great, easy. I have it all figured out, but uh, every day I, I try my best. That's it, and I, I'm better at recognizing um, when I'm depressed and anxious, and not just being like I'm fine, you know, because that was always my my usual. Right. Yeah. Um, let's zoom in on when things sort of shifted in therapy and when it finally started clicking. Because um, mm-hmm. it sounds like for a while you uh, were just sort of going, I mean, like, I'm good. I'm not really sure mm-hmm. what, I, what to do here. And then something clicked. Yeah, it was, al- it was always it was always about like, um, oh, uh, my job is like, 
or like comedy is so hard and everyone hates me in comedy. Like it would just be talking about stuff like that where I'm like, that's not what this is really about. You know, I don't know. I think it, I think it just took the repetition of going. I started going twice a week at first. And then once I really got good at uh, identifying what, what my actual like oh i'm really depressed this week or oh this then i started digging into like oh i was like you know raised in in a kind of an unconventional way and then i was like had this like trauma so like i think it just took like identifying the um what's the word the um uh the after effect like the symptoms of it once i got good at identifying the symptoms yeah. of my depression and anxiety then i was able to be like why what's triggering it like all this kind of stuff hmm. so yeah i mean i was i can just say it <laughs> i don't know i i was i was raped when i was a teenager and so that was like a I didn't even bring that up and for like a long time yeah. uh, in therapy. And so, yeah, I, I've been more open about talking about it. I've been mentioning it on more podcasts and trying to. I uh, heard your episode me a long of time. Uh, Keith and the girl recently about mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah. yeah, that was, that was pretty. Um, How did that feel talking about that out on the, was, out on the airwaves? Um, it was hard. I mean, yeah. I love Keith and Henda and I've known them for years mm -hmm. and I feel comfortable with them. So when we were talking about it, I was like, it felt like, oh, I'm just sitting with them, you right. know, drinking wine. It's fine. And then when I realized, oh, they have a lot of listeners, then I was like, oh, shit. Did and you I go got in pretty planning angry. to talk about it? No, not no, at No, it just all. came out. Oh, not God. at all. It just came out. We are talking about fucking Bill Cosby, right? I think that's, well, yeah. Well, there, there's and the I just, Yeah, yeah. That's what triggered it again. That's why we're talking about it now. But I, you know, I just felt like. I'm just going to say it because I'm dancing around it. But I, right. you know, I felt like I have some fucking say in how angry I can be because that happened to me. And like, yeah. you know, and, and it, it, I, I know for a fact how long and traumatic and how much work you have to put in. For yourself. And I can afford therapy. Like I'm a middle-class white woman. Like, you know, right. this, and when this happens to someone who's not in my position, like how much you have to live through and just get up and go to work the next day and have these rapists fucking running around here being rich and fucking touring standups and shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. It, it took a long time uh, for that and for me to, you know, realize that like not everyone came home to like a, a party every night after school, you know, so like, you know, I, I, I don't know all that shit. Every every single person has their shit and their different shit. And I just like uh, buried it so deep that it kind of just festered and and right. caused all this anxiety in me and that led to me drinking so much and blah 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 i think it's like a it's an age-old story but you know yeah, it's mine it's something that hopefully <laughs> our generation is you know taking trying the to break it and trying, trying to, to break, break out of the, the cycle because just like shit. with people with you know mm -hmm. who unfortunately can't afford therapy and can't afford to or don't have the time either, you know, time-wise. Yeah, some people are raising children to, yeah, or, to, to, or working two jobs yeah. or whatever it is. Just like those yep. people who like don't have the resources, be it mm -hmm. time or money to do that work. I mean, previous generations, our parents' generation just wasn't mm -hmm. able to 
do that shit and have those conversations really because it just no. wasn't there was no fucking venue for it you go to a shrink Absolutely and talk not. about that and they report everything back to your fucking husband you yeah. know like it's yes. it, it was insane yes, out there yes, and they put you yes, on like fucking yes. like benzos mm-hmm. and shit mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. it just you know i i also that's the other thing when i talk to older people when i talk to boomers and even like some people from like some like xers uh, there's a, uh, an understandable distrust of therapy, um, mm-hmm. and, and psychology in general, because I think even in our lifetimes, it's become something else that it maybe wasn't in the past. Yeah. And for, another... for the gay community, there's yeah. like not many queer therapist there's not many black therapists there's not many you know like insert what however you would feel most comfortable receiving therapy for all these groups like there is just not therapists available that you would feel like you they would understand you or hear you like um I don't want to speak for my best friend but he's black and queer and he was like growing up i tried to go to a therapist and then they were just wanted to talk to me about how I was black and queer. And it was like, I'm not your like novelty patient here. Like I need help. And so I think a lot, there's a probably endless stories about stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, where people feel like they're not being seen for who they are. They're being seen for their like identity or whatever it is. Or, or so this, some, therapist you know sometimes therapists cross lines too and then people are traumatized to go to therapy so yeah, it's like there's yeah. a lot of bad therapists that's the thing yes people, and there's know? just bad therapists or therapists that are learning yeah. like we're all human sometimes you have a bad day at work <laughs> you know i exactly I, yeah honestly th- that's a big reason why i haven't gone into uh, like i've wanted to study psychology um, and maybe do something in the therapy realm. But just given how often I'm just off and not having a good day yeah, and can't fucking sure. focus at work, I walk <laughs> dogs and shit. I, I do, I'm about the same like uh, level of usefulness as Casey. Like I can do, I can do moving, I can do, uh, I can do dog walking, I can do like manual labor jobs, any like higher. Uh, demand jobs where you have to like really like have a schedule send emails and shit i'm like i have i don't think it's that i can't do it it's that i have so much anxiety about even taking something like that on that like i'm just it paralyzes me it's it's a lot of pressure my sister is a teacher is a teacher she teaches autistic children i could not do the patience that she has the the compassion the understanding the like i could i could not handle that like i could not i don't know how she does that i do not know how she (laughs) online zoom teaching a group of like 10 year old autistic children like many of them i think she has like 20 students that's like how she did that it's her first year as a teacher i i don't know how people do jobs like that i don't know how people are caregivers i don't know how you take care of people all day that's so much pressure that's and these are the people that we're paying the least (laughs) i don't understand nurses like teachers nurses like oh my god they they like I, i i don't have the patience like that i can't handle that I walk dogs and I get <laughs> mad at the dogs. Yeah, they're dogs. They're dogs. so cute. <laughs> you know, and so like I can't picture myself with yeah. like a vulnerable person who needs my yes, help and needs yes, me to like be yes. all you know, day on point long. All, all day. day. All day. Yeah. Every day. 
Like, and it's not even like your kid. Like, I understand biologically if it's your kid, you're like, okay, this is my kid. I'm responsible for this one damn kid. Sure. But like a classroom of other people's fucking kids. Oh my god. Well, I it's would it's lose your my flesh shit. and blood. You have like a biological. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like in there. Yeah. This thing. It's in mm-hmm. there. It's instinctual. Yeah, instinct. You, you find it within you, even <laughs> yeah, if you don't yeah, think yeah. you have it. But, or you pay for a nanny. Or you pay no, for a nanny. <laughs> um, but it's just, yeah, I I could do like, I could maybe do a job like that two days a week, three days a week, something like that. And then like the rest of the time, I don't have to just be like, fuck. I, I know, just are, literally just, just like sitting just in a dark room yeah, in a blanket. Like a, I need like, to play oh some God. video games. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just, I can't. I, it's, <laughs> it, that sucks because like, I want to, you know, be somebody who uh, helps the world in some yes, way. Yes, of, of course. Of course. So, I mean, and that's what I'm hoping to do in some capacity with this podcast is just, just put a message out there that, hey, you're going through shit. You feel useless. You got imposter syndrome. So do yeah. all these people, you know? Yeah. And that's it. But, um, God, I and, feel and all that's, those that's an hour a week. That's a fucking hour a week that I do this <laughs> podcast, you know? So that's it. It's not even a full fucking day. It's crazy. Oh my God. I know. I feel, uh, I feel anxiety just like hosting a show for two hours. And all I have to do is just say stupid things in like a, in a fun yeah. repetition to make people laugh. And you can drink on the job. Like you <laughs> and can do whatever. And I can yeah. drink. That is essential. Yeah. Okay. No matter what I do, I need to be able to drink. <laughs> Honestly, I wish I could drink with my therapist. I wish I could drink or smoke weed with my therapist. I feel like we'd have like much deeper conversations. Not every yeah. time, but like maybe yeah. like once every three sessions or something yeah. like that. We yeah. just we get high <laughs> or we get drunk and we we talk about some real shit. They'd see I've been a different going to my me. therapist for six years. I feel like at some point we gotta like, well, I'll be like, come on, just let's go downstairs. Have you There's ever rolled bar into, around the have corner? You ever rolled into therapy high? Never high because I always I used to when I was going in person, I would go in the morning. I would go before work. And now I do it (coughs) on uh, on on the phone, which I probably won't stop doing because I can't wake up early ever again. What the the fuck? fuck (laughs) I don't know. Like the commute is I I was talking about this again with just talking over Zoom and and, and interfacing, you know, via, you know, uh, the Internet. Uh, for a while, I think there was a learning curve. I don't know if this was your experience, but, uh, during COVID, uh, during the beginning of COVID, um, I felt this real sense of like loss towards not being able to sit in the same room as my therapist and to not be able Mm -hmm. to sit in the same room as my, uh, my podcast guests, because I felt like something was lost in translation. And I felt like there was just this like lack of like just direct eye contact and like just being able to like hold the space i'm not much of a woo-woo kind of person but just like <laughs> absorbing the person's energy field in some sure. way that just i am very there. much a woo-woo person i you get these i am, okay. I, am um, yeah. I, I, I saged this house but earlier oh, today on my lunch okay, break so that's so, that's woo you know. yeah no i <laughs> I, I I can only really buy into that so much, but I do feel like there is something, some human connection thing that's lost. However, mm-hmm. I feel like you do it enough and you get used to it. And I then completely agree. I just hit this learning curve moment where I'm like, yeah, I can talk about real shit with my therapist, whatever. I can completely agree. I can get real on the fucking podcast now. Um, and, and, I complete, and completely agree. Yeah. I think my, me and my co-host, uh, we have been best friends since we were... <laughs> 16 years old 17 so 
it, there wasn't too much of a learning curve, but the comedy there was like the, 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 like the um, comedy is all about like timing and shit. And we we're supposed to be funny on this podcast. So when we were recording virtually, it was like very like, huh, what did you say? What did you, until yeah. we like got in a, a used to the rhythm of it because yeah. comedy is all about rhythm baby yeah. especially me i'm not a writer <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm just a really fun person <laughs> <laughs> um when you uh you know sort of came out about your sexual assaults on keith and the girl um how did that feel versus coming out about it to your therapist and then later to you know friends family whoever mm -hmm. Um, you know, publicly no versus, versus privately. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I never mean, said anything to my family. They, they don't care about my anything I'm on. So that's good. I, I, I don't, it's hard. Your it's family doesn't family. listen to any of your shit or any. No, 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 no. They'll come to my shows. They like to party, but yeah, mm. no, no. And I don't want them to, I want to feel like uh, some separation from my family. Sure. I have a humongous family and they, I grew up around all of them. So Catholics. Moving, oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. And so like, you know, I love them with all, especially, and I have some family members that like listen to my own podcast. Like some of my cousins were cool, you know, yeah. they get it. But for the I most part. I think some of my cousins and maybe one of my uncles, and I know my mom listens to my podcast. Hi mom. Oh, that's um, nice. That's very that's sweet. Nice. That's very wholesome. But I, my I also, yeah. I don't talk to my cousins all that much, but I, I think, oh, yeah. Maybe some of them do follow the show. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Some of my cousins, if they knew, I would, and my sisters, like, you know, they, yeah. I would be totally fine. But uh, the family as a whole, that's, uh, I, I don't even know if I'll ever get to a place where I sure. could be talking with them about that's just too much. That, that is like too much of a mountain. To. <laughs> yeah. That is I don't have 100% to. 100% right? your yeah. prerogative, like, who gets this? Yeah. Info. Yeah. I think it was way different. Like, um, uh, talking to my therapist for the first time was tr literally like, so my best friend knew uh, who I do my podcast with, like he knew. And when I told him, it just like came out like, and you know, and it was like, it was, was like, you just didn't plan on saying, I just was like, I just wow. blurted it. And he was like, that is fucked up, Courtney. Oh my God. And like, we talked about it for a second and then I, we just moved on because I couldn't, handle I wasn't this was years before right. I started going to therapy and anything and and so like sometimes we would brush upon it but it was like I think he could feel that I was just not ready to talk about it and yeah. so when I said it to my therapist it was like for the first time in my life admitting that it was like a huge problem and I'll all my air quotes like not all my, but uh, some of the issues I was experiencing as far as like relationships and dating and mm -hmm. and men in general all stemmed from this and this like immense well of pain that I had. And so I just like completely broke open. I, I just, I cried for a really long time. Like not just like I cried during the session, like I cried during the session and then I cried on the subway home and then I pretended I didn't cry at work. And then I mm -hmm. cried on the subway. Like I just couldn't, it was just this rush of, of emotion coming out. And once I could finally like talk to my friends about it, I think I was able to like say it out loud without crying but then I'd like cry the next day because I talked about it. like it was just this huge like open wound like my arm got ripped off and half the day I was having to pretend it wasn't ripped off you know what I mean yeah. but like crying from excruciating pain so by the time time I talked about it on Keith and the girl I definitely felt pretty anxious and I was like a little irritable that week because I knew like oh what if people think I sound stupid about 
this or I don't oh know, God, whatever, what? whatever. Yeah. I know just, but you yeah. know, whatever yeah. your brain is like, yeah. people are going to hate you for talking about that. Whatever my fucked up brain is saying. So it was like definitely a little anxious and irritability, but I've come so far. Yeah. I've come so, so far. Cause I did from 16 to really 20, it's probably a decade. I did not, except for telling my best friend, like I did not talk about it. And that's fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah. that's a huge thing that happened that was, like, really traumatizing. And I like to say, like, I like to specify it was not an assault. It was, like, a, a full-on rape. <laughs> like, I think right. there's something about that word that, like, really uh, is more aggressive. Makes you understand the the trauma of it or something, yeah. you know? And, like, I... I just, yeah, it's fucked up. So uh, when I first talked about it, it was like the just this rip on the fucking the the dam broke, baby. It's you, just like, whoo. Do you remember what you were talking about before with Will when this came up? Was it just like in the middle of brunch? In yeah, the middle of just like a normal no, conversation. It was, like, it it was, was be- <laughs> Literally, well, it was because um, some dude tried to rape me again. Jesus. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that happened. I woke up. I had like a party at my house, and I woke up. In the morning and this dude was trying to fuck me and uh yeah that was pretty fucked up and so when i told will and we basically like he was in our friend group like he was ousted like oh, it was God. so fucked up it was yeah. like some douchey little graffiti art school kid and so uh yeah you so gotta watch was, out I had for to graffiti tell- artists they're fucking <laughs> I know, shady me. i dated a lot of them yeah. but, <laughs> but like i just i told will that this happened because i wanted this person to not be around me ever again and that's when i just told him i was like this is not this happened to me like that happened to me and he was just like okay stop everything we're never talking to him again like like you know i'm here and and all that but yeah 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 i just think that it is so much more common than anyone really realizes and i understand why most women don't even want to talk about it but all like this happens all the time. That's why Me Too exploded because it happens to so many of us. It happens to so many of us, so yeah. many of us. And it's just not, it's so fucked up because nothing really ever happens. Bill Cosby walks free yet yeah. again. So That's like, fine. you know, it, it's, I it just, it's so fucked up. <laughs> it's one of the problems that I feel insurmountable. I don't even know how to fix this and solve this, but I know that if I say it, people, I don't know, relate to me or or listen to me or whatever. Yeah. I have this small platform. It's like, yeah, it fucking happened to me. It probably happened to other people. Just like, we just have to keep saying it, saying me too, saying that this also happened to me. Like, this cannot continue. Like, I refuse for my children to grow up in a world where this is just like oh yeah you're uh, there was um sorry this is uh, what's it called oh pen 15 have you seen that show i haven't i've been meaning to watch it but you I, gotta I've watch heard, it. i've heard nothing it's a great but show. good things yeah um there is one moment in it that actually like uh, i hate saying this but like triggered me and i sure. I, I, lo- I completely lost it just are you sobbing. triggered <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my god! I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get dragged uh, after this pod. But, uh, but like, there's this one moment where these girls, they like, um, I think the this guy like feels them up in a closet, and they get called sluts, and and they're like, yeah, but the guy was there too, and they're like, oh, he's just a player. Like that is yeah. to a T how I the culture that I grew up in as a teenager, preteen, all of it. Like I was raised that like I had to be virginal and dudes are just players and they can fuck as many girls as they want and so that part of it 
I yeah. think is getting better. I hope is getting better. But has to continue to get better because it's so disgusting and it's so completely fucked. And it's part of the reason why I didn't stick up for myself because I went to school and got called a slut. And it was like, wait, but I didn't want to do that. And I told him I didn't want to do that. But it was like right. my fault for being in the position. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the classic. That's unfortunately uh-huh. the, the fucking that's a that's old. I'm chestnut. giving you. textbook stuff here buddy textbook stuff it's so fun but it's like happened to me happens probably is happening somewhere like oh my god i i I just it's really crazy uh that um we're still acting like um i think on some level we're just acting like um or like the the backlash the cancel culture backlash is like oh these people want to be treated equal like what fuck them like they're they're snowflakes or whatever it is like it's just so uh so uh frustrating and i i feel myself sweating so much right now (laughs) my hands are super sweaty i I super appreciate you coming on and talking about this stuff i really yeah yeah sure sure of course we talked like once before so like thank you so much yeah 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 of course course. vulnerable to all of this stuff um, and I'm really glad that you had a friend to talk to about that stuff that yeah. could, you know, that you could initially just like, you came out to a safe person about it. And mm-hmm. let me tell you something. You. And like, that's like, God bless. I would, if it weren't for my best friend, Will, the co-host of my podcast, The Narcissistas, Stream High Yellow, that's his, his rap name. He is everything. He is the best person in the whole wide world. I would be dead without him. That is what the moral of this story. All right. Hell yeah, Will. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a drink or give you a $5 if I see you next time. Okay, I've that sounds him. great. Oh my God, you have to mean he's the best. He's the um, best, yeah. Yeah, it's, when I... When the whole Me Too thing sort of erupted on social media, um, you know, I'm I'm reflecting on this now, and and I almost I do feel this like weird, almost self consciousness about it, and I think a lot of that is due to this just like cringe culture, you know, uh, mm-hmm. reactionary shit. Uh, but the idea of having kind of an emotional reaction to something that you see on social media, something as like dumb as Facebook, is mm-hmm. just like kind of like, well, it's. That feels silly to say. And it also feels sort of, I don't know, stupid or obvious to me as somebody who, you know, grew up understanding that, what is it, a quarter of women, a third of women are Mm -hmm. sexually assaulted or raped in Mm -hmm. in their lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I knew that on the abstract but just like seeing, like going through my Facebook feed, like waking up just some random morning and just like every woman I knew was posting yeah. that. And then getting to two posts in particular, which was my girlfriend and my sister, they happened to come up in my feed, like one right on top of the other. And they mm-hmm. both posted it. And I was just like, fuck, <laughs> like that. Yeah. I really like had a yeah. moment there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it. Again, like I, I get a little, I don't know, sus of 
uh, hashtag movements like that that just get sort of co-opted and eventually become just sort of like a ridicule like the like the black square thing last summer yeah yeah but, like, yeah well was... and also to be we need to mention that's that, a very like, different me issue too, but... yes definitely but also me too was supposed was created by a black woman for these young black girls and yeah. then every like hollywood actress was like me too which i don't want to say that like that invalidates everything that those women have gone through and right. look at what it fucking sparked look at what it revealed like look at and and just like you're personally saying like your sister and your girlfriend the people that you are probably closest to in this world you know um and you didn't know that so like yeah i mean i it, did on it, some abstract level yeah. i was just like yeah, yeah. probably law of averages yeah. like you're a woman in the world right. ben cat called right i know that like absolutely you know, but, yeah like yeah. it's just like fuck yeah i don't know yeah but that's what it's supposed to do. That's that's why I have to. I'm. I should be talking about it, right? Because like, I, people listen to my podcast. People listen to me. Like, just making it more personal and more real, as opposed to the abstract number. Because the abs, it's like everyone dying from COVID. At some point, numbers just became numbers without being like, oh my god, these are human people. These are yeah. people with families and people that love them. Like The brain can't no. even process something like a, a figure like half a million people. Like No, you can't. You can't. Even, you, you, can't, can't even, you can't. You can't. You can't. No. But you can process it if it's your girlfriend and your sister. Then you can yeah. sit there and be like, I, how can I change myself in order to affect change in the community around me to fix this, yeah. to make this better and easier, you know? I don't know. I mean, I just, I just got, I got I sad and I got really fucking mad, like right away. Yeah. And uh, you know, the 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 masculine thing came up and it was just like, I'll fucking kill someone. Like, you know, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Stop. Oh, yeah. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. I don't know. It's um, it's crazy. I just, I'm really glad that that conversation has been had, and you know, again, like. Like the Me Too thing being started by a black woman, like uh, the word woke being sort of taken from initially from a conversation yeah, from... in the black community and then mm -hmm. become became a bigger thing and now is almost being used against against, yeah. you know, just mm -hmm. like woke culture with like air quotes and eye rolls and shit. Yeah. Um, you know, it always comes from that. And again, drag culture, shit like that always come like it always comes from. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember like what the exact quote was. I saw somebody wearing a shirt. Uh, it was like white women imitating gay men imitating black women or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, like, yeah. I know what you're talking. Just, about. I know yeah, that shirt. This, yeah, like, or that of, meme. Yeah, that became a shirt. And it's yeah. just like, God damn. I don't know. It's it, it always it is. Has to start I mean, yeah. The, you know, in the most like really vulnerable. Uh, Absolutely. Areas, you know. Of, yeah. Of and then we turn around and don't protect those people and don't make sure those people are taken care of. It's really disgusting and fucked and is the reason why Me Too was started because all these young black girls in, oh God, I can't think of her name right now, but the woman who started it, she was like, I needed them to have a, a way to speak out because I realized how like numbers, how many of them were suffering yeah. and how they needed to feel this community. And then, you know, yeah. It was overtaken, but it was also important and eye-opening to the volume of women that this has happened to, no matter what. In every yeah. community, in every walk of life as well, like, this is a problem. To the richest rich people, to the people living underneath the poverty line, like, this is a woman fucking problem top to bottom, you know? Yeah, it's... 
Yeah. Not it's sorry, and it's not only cis women, it's it's trans women, it's men, honestly. So I shouldn't say I shouldn't say it like it's just women because it's not. But yeah. Um, Look at me trying to sound all woke. <laughs> you fucking SJW. Um, you know, something that's come pretty far in my, in, in our lifetimes as well is uh, just more uh, broad acceptance of female sexuality. And I think that that's fucking great. As a straight man, I 100% co-sign on the idea of uh, women owning their sexualities and being more outspoken and being more just like, yeah, I'm horny. Like I'm a, I'm a fucking like, yeah. I'm a horny slug. Give me the zix. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, great. And great I remember impression. Like, being like a fucking, like I remember being younger, being in my twenties and having a moment of, like, I guess, hesitancy towards that, um, that idea uh, just because there was something in me that I had to pinpoint and really recognize what it was. Like when I was listening to um, to women talk about uh, their sexuality and be maybe being more promiscuous, like fucking a lot of dudes, for a minute, I got kind of mad about it and yeah. was just like, what, mm -hmm. why? And like, and then had to like stop and check myself and just be like, Brad, why are you mad about this? Yeah. And I yeah, had to analyze yeah. it. And and what I realized was like, I'm mad because there's these women talking about fucking dudes and they're not fucking me. And like, that's, <laughs> that's all it was. It was just yeah. like, I, I'd be fine about it if I was one of the dudes they were talking about, but they weren't. Like, I remember listening to like guys we fucked and just being like, being like, like, and, and then just like having to like really take a moment and be like, what is that? Like, yeah, why, yeah. why, why do you have that kind of reaction? And even today there's, I mean, I read some tweet that was getting sort of passed around and retweeted about some fucking just trad dipshit, uh, talking about how, uh, actually, uh, you know, hookup culture is really bad and, and, you know, it's a scam Ugh. and like, you know, and promiscuous sex and all these women are just really like fucking themselves in the long run and all this blah, 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 blah shit. And oh it's just God. like, of course, there's going to be those voices, but I'm glad that by and large, you know, the, the biggest song of last summer was Wet Ass Pussy. And I've like, yeah. fucking God bless. You know, this is combining, Honestly, this and is combining our interests. I'm still not sick of it. Okay? This is, I am still you know, not sick of it. Pop stars, divas, <laughs> that's oh your thing. I can't. Um, Obsessed. Uh, curvy women talking about their pussies. I'm into that. I'm on board with that. So like everybody wins here. Like I don't see what the problem is when it's when it's an issue of 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 women owning their sexuality and you're threatened by that. What's your deal? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, look at look at what Lil Kim had to go through for Meg and Cardi to be yeah. out here rapping about wet ass pussies. Like, look at the way we treat a Lil Kim as a as a society. It's so completely fucked. And and even still, Cardi B and Meg The Stallion and all these girls get say they're like ruining are the youth or whatever. They're not good role models and all this type of shit. They still have to deal with a lot of that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's literally just that if we can own our own sexuality, it, it's it's dismantling the patriarchy. Like it's yeah. it's so much more than just about sex. It's about like us rebelling against the standard quo, right? Like it's status quo. Status quo. <laughs> what a status quo. The thing. standard yeah. quo. I, 
I went to fashion school. I, I was so. gonna, I was gonna let it. I was gonna let it. I mean, it's, you know, fucking people, okay, people, edit that out. Listen, no. people, no, I'm not going to. People misspeak on podcasts all the time, and it's fine. And if you don't have an understanding of that, uh, make your own fucking like. I'm saying this to my listeners right now who might be critical of how many times I'm saying like or or whatever. Oh my God, or saying, I like, say yeah, like it's crazy or, or or using the wrong phrase. Make your own fucking podcast. See how easy yeah. it is to just like talk like right off yeah. the dome into a microphone. Like it's not easy. Do comedy for ten years and have to listen to your own fucking voice it sucks (laughs) so um yeah yeah, i forgot what i was talking about but i love them so much and yeah just the way that like Lil nas x is getting shit on by rap music and country music the same way these girls are getting shit on by the the larger culture at hand because like they're rebelling against the standards and and what we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to look like and what we're supposed to act like and all this bullshit and then in 10 years it's they're gonna look like you know (laughs) like nothing you know we'll be like why were we mad about that you know the way you look at a little kim video now that's like like, when everybody was so scandalized by wet ass pissy i was just like have you never heard of little kim have you oh my never God. Or heard Trina? of Missy Elliott? Ah. Have you never heard of Trina? Like, what is Shana, like, what are you talking Kia? about? It's been a oh thing. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Women, like, Just because Nicki Minaj came, I mean, if you listen to Nicki Minaj's mixtapes and then you listen, I mean, she was like very calculated. You know, she yeah. came out like with super bass, like, I'm here for the children, you know, and she, she made all her money and that's great. But like, yeah, the female rap has always been here and it's, it's just been, now it's because been horny. It's always been like, it's because every, and that's the thing, because every fucking dude is horny. Okay. Every dude is out here rapping on the same shit. Just like I get labeled a dirty comedian when I barely say some shit mm. that other male comics say that like they don't get labeled as a dirty comedian or a late night comic or whatever my husband doesn't get labeled that way he has jokes about fucking dogs and i do like one joke about a fucking right. blowjob and it's like oh she's like one of those kids. she's like a slutty comedian. yeah and it's like fuck yourself most of my jokes are not that i just happen to have sex because i'm in my 30s i'm a grown fucking woman <laughs> you know yeah. i got a lot to say about it okay <laughs> it's a part of life and i just don't under like i have never understood i mean i guess i i did kind of understand on some level just the jealousy aspect of of the reactive male mind you know and then what yeah. that what that like sort of like testosterone brain does uh but oh, i but like, i have by and large just like other straight dudes like if women are being outspoken about being horny and are willing to like go out and like fuck and be slutty great like what are you yeah. what are you doing like why would anybody want to stop that Many, many years ago, I have some tea, but I'm not going to name names, but I am going to tell a story. Uh, okay. Many, many years ago, I was sitting at a table of a bunch of comics and they were all talking about hooking up with people at a show. And I said like something to the effect of like, oh, I never hook up with the, someone at a show. Like it's too for a girl. It's too vulnerable like that. You know, I would not, yeah. would not do that. And then I'd say, but at the bar afterwards, I might fuck somebody. Everyone laughed. It was great. I'm hilarious. Wonderful. Right. This very successful comic who has an HBO special looked at me and goes, you know, when a girl says they like sexy stuff like that, it makes me not want to hook up with them. <laughs> and I was like, thank you so much saying that like now I see your whole fucking ass I see who you are I see like and I was a young comic then I was intimidated sitting at this table of male comics it definitely made me feel like oh I need to like 
have all these different types of Courtney that if I'm with these successful comics, if I want to open for them, I need to be this type of way. And then, you know what I mean? Like that type of shit. I think it's, again, it's changing now, I hope. And I think, and now I go to an open mic, I see so many girls. It's like wonderful and makes my heart feel like it swells 10 times its size. It really makes me so happy. But it was like different back then, even in like these air quotes i'm air quoting like mm-hmm. more progressive communities of these comics who are like tr- like we're the voice of our fucking of the culture and the times like all these type of people they're still saying this misogynist bullshit to my fucking face to a coworker, to a peer you know right. they just think that like oh you can if you talk like that you're like um what's the word like um damaged goods or something yeah. you're like uh like put her to the side she's not like the one i'm gonna marry or some shit like yeah. that you know you know what i mean it took a long time for me to even kind of think about that and deprogram that from my own head and like i said i grew up you know like a hippy dippy unitarian church i did not have any like christianity is, or catholicism what is unitarian okay so unitarian uh it's unitarian universalism it's sort of it's not new agey exactly but it's it's um it's a combination of two different Unitarians and Universalists, and they sort of mm-hmm. came together for a, a, the, their own sort of their own church, right? And I think there are still branches that are strictly Unitarian and some branches that are strictly Universalist. Unitarians were uh, they came around in the East Coast, like New England, and they were just sort of a more progressive um, type of of just secular. Or not secular uh, of of straight up Christianity, but they were mm-hmm. like kind of more like the Quakers. They were very like peace loving and you know wanted to like be really inclusive and all of that stuff. And then the Universalists were sort of this um, like uh, secular humanist kind of religion. Um, that's more like the like West Coast woo woo New Agey sort of thing, and they sort of combined had a baby Unitarian Universalism. So you know, again, like I grew up, like we had sex ed in um in our like Sunday school, basically. You know, mm-hmm. it was called uh, Our Whole Lives was the name of the program, and you know they you know teach you about STDs and condoms and like oh, you know God if bless. you're, uh, you're like some people are gay, some people are straight. So, like you know, like I, I oh, knew... so they're not like you're gonna burn in hell for no, all of eternity if you touch not your dick. Close. <laughs> no, they were like they were like masturbation's normal. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Like in fact, great. do it. It's great. You're a horny teenager. Yeah. You're gonna do it. So, <laughs> like and and they were like it was it was very like you know progressive in in that sense and you know one of my youth pastors or or i guess youth pastor i guess or like one of the people who was in charge of sunday school like they transitioned you know like and so like these were just things who that i knew about in high school however even growing up in nebraska that culture of just guilt and slut shaming and Mm -hmm. misogyny permeated so deep that it was in my head too even though i didn't have it pounded into me by my immediate family or by my church or anything like that and it's also ingrained in culture it's just just like ingrained ingrained in comedy it it was comedy i had to leave that town in order to even like really like get out of my shell and you know just just 
go have a drink at a bar or date somebody or anything like that without worrying that like, oh, what will people think of me like right, hooking right, up with right. this person or that person? Like they have yeah. a reputation. Like shit like that. That it was just like, what fucking yeah. decade is this? It's insane. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's more than one reason why I was like, I'm moving to New York City no matter what. Like get me yeah. the fuck. I, have, I didn't even grow up in a small town by any means at all i grew up in an enormous humongous very urban suburb i grew up right outside of dc like it was i you know i had a huge high school huge community like traffic on the way to my high school you know what i mean like i i I didn't even grow up in that so i can't even imagine how much more oppressive it is but i still dealt with you know what you're talking about the slut shaming and the reputation and all that so i can't even imagine how much more oppressive it would be in a smaller tighter community i can't even you would feel like your life's over Right. Yeah. It was just, it was literally you know. a, like, it was, I, I had it in my head. I can't, I can only ask certain people out because certain people are looked down right. on, you know? And yeah. it, it was yeah. that, it, like, it was just like in my head. Yeah. And I was like, I was, I would have been one of those people. So, you know, that's so fucked up. I'm so charming and fun and normal. And and I'm a good wife, honestly. So, Mm. like, fuck all those people that that say that shit. Like, they don't know anything. It's just this weird ingrained thing in our culture. But yeah, I mean, it was when you go back and watch like movies from when we were in high school, comedy specials from when we were in high school, like in the pandemic, I've really gone back and watched a lot of shit. And I was like, oh my God, this. Oh yeah, we like went we went back and we watched homo- Dawson's Creek. Oh my god! Oh, I can't the, even imagine. The, I can't even the imagine the level of like purity <laughs> bullshit that he's oh, on. Oh yeah, in the fuck entire, that! Like, the Christianness crazy. of it all. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they're all just like mm-hmm. hemming and hawing over their fucking virginity. It doesn't matter. Just put it. It in doesn't matter. Just, just fuck. Don't get, a, just don't get pregnant. That's it. You're too irresponsible don't be for a child. Right, right. All right, we should wrap up. You have to go soon. Um, so uh, thank you so much again for being on the show. And, and for bringing all of this uh, vulnerability. Um, I super appreciate it. And um, is there anything you would like to plug? How can people find you and your work? Oh, sure. Yeah. At Court McGinnis on all social media. CourtneyMcGinnis.com if you're nasty. That's my catchphrase. Uh, I have a podcast called, about pop culture and divas and all the fun stuff I've been talking about. Free Britney. It's called The Narcissistas. That's N-A-R-C-I-S-I-S-T-A-S. Yes, you can find us on social media. We have a website, all streaming platforms, whatever you need. We're there. Um, And that's it. If you're in New York City, I have a great, great, great weekly show on Wednesdays. You can find all that information on my Instagram. Hell yeah. This is great. Thank. It was great talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Ah, wasn't that nice? What a cool person. What a cool lady. Hope to talk to her more. I feel like we were just getting started, you know, time, time and time contingency sucks. You guys got time limits and, you know, you can only talk to someone for so long. But, you know, that's the future, baby. There's plenty more to hear from her. She got a whole podcast on her own. Check that out. Narcissistas. Um, if you're into uh, all of that stuff, the, 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 uh, drag culture and pop icons and all of that stuff which you know like I said is not my cup of tea necessarily but it doesn't even necessarily like I still listen to it just because they're fucking entertaining and cool even though 
part of the time I don't even really know what they're talking about when they're talking about Drag Race. I don't know. I don't watch that shit. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. I still listen because they're just that entertaining. All right. So check it out. Music is by Shea Bartel. Thank you, Shay. Follow me, Bradical Pearson, on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the show at SelfWorst on Instagram. Email me, selfworst at gmail.com. Rate and review us on iTunes and uh, give us five stars at patreon.com slash selfworst. Kick us a little as a dollar a month. Um, that would be cool. You get bonus content, like I said. That's about it. I'm going to go. I got to go get some boxes, I guess. I'm already feeling weird. I don't like moving. It's going to be okay. Eyes on the prize. Backyard. Hammock. Barbecue. We're going to do this. We're going to do it up. I'm going to have a big backyard thing, and you're all invited. I'm Brad Pearson. Until next time, go out and fail. It's good for you.